0: Is there more to this life? Is there more to what, what we have just living now? And you would think, Pastor, that, that's a question that we've prepared for those who don't know Christ. And as I look around here, it's just our church people here today. And there aren't any visitors. But the question still is for you and I today. You know, think about it. Is there more to this life than what we're living today? And, you know, that is a question. You Google it sometimes on the internet, man. You will find gobs of information about this question. Is there more to life? Anybody ever Google that before? Is there more to this world? Is there more to this life? There are all kinds of questions about it. There's all kinds of people searching for an answer. There are all kinds of answers out there. I came across some things, you know, is this life all there is? And there's a, quite a famous poem that was written some time ago, and it says this. It's by Daniel Brutus. If this life is all we have, and just think about what he's saying. If this life is all we have, if if in fact it is all we shall know, as indeed may be most probable, and if, as is reasonably certain, we shall have no more on earth than then it is wrong to lament, wrong to wish for the end of life, wrong to feel one must drag somehow through, and surely one must do whatever one can to fill each day with as much as can be done while we live. We must fill each day with living and do each day as much as we can of what seems to us worthwhile, to us what is good. As we understand it, and to what that stirs us with a sense of joy. And this we must do each day as much as we can while we are living. Since this may be the only life, and certainly the only one we shall know here, then it is sensible to make it full and alive, and rich and satisfying, and filled with all that seems good to us, and that seems enduring and brings joy, all that seems virtuous, all that seems alive. When you begin to search this question about is there more to this life, you begin to get answers and and one after the other seems to be like this. Yep, this is it. So therefore, fill it up with as much as you can to whatever you think is good, to whatever you think is worthwhile, to whatever satisfies you. There's a philosophy in our world today. A person by the name of Ayn Rand asked a question... Is there more to this life? And then answered the question with this. You simply need a philosophy. Because it is thought that if you ask the question, is there more to this life, then it's actually saying you realize that you're unsatisfied with this life. You're unsatisfied with how how you're living it. You're unsatisfied with what you're receiving from it. You do not like your life. So therefore what will help you in liking your life and in being satisfied with your life is you must have a philosophy for living. And some of this has some points of truth to it, doesn't it? Because you need a philosophy for living. So, as I read what they were writing, here is the philosophy that this person has. To deal with real life, We need a view of the world and and our place in it. If you know that this life is all that you have, and you're not satisfied with this life, you must have a philosophy to deal with it. And so Ayn Rand explains their philosophy. It's a philosophy that's controversial because it advocates selfishness. And says... Altruism, or selfless concern for the well-being of others, is evil. Philosophy starts with the idea that reality is objective. Universe is what it is, not what we want it to be. And wishing anything otherwise won't make it so. So next it states that our reason is all we have and all we need for understanding the world around us. Now, are you as confused as I was when I read this? Anybody? They really have no answer. And so if reason is an absolute, we can't accept contradictions. It says this, your highest moral pursuit in life should be to pursue your own self-happiness. You begin to see kind of a thread of what they're saying. Is there more to this life simply means you're not happy with this life, so you need to gain more life of what interests you. You need to forget about those around you and begin to satisfy yourself. So when you satisfy yourself, you will become a happy person. But you and I know the reality of that is rubbish, isn't it? This philosophy is absolutely what pervades the world, and the world is miserable for it. Because basically the saying is, in other words, the meaning of life is just to make yourself satisfied and happy. Do you know our world constantly asks this question? There must be more to life than this. Someone famous, see if you can guess who, who, who wrote these words. How do we cope in a world without love? Mending all those broken hearts and tending to those crying faces. There must be more to life than killing. A better way for us to survive. Why should it be just a case of black or white? There must be more to life than this. Why is this world so full of hate? People dying everywhere and we destroy what we create. People fighting for their human rights, but we just go on saying, live and let live. You have an idea who wrote this? There must be more to life than living. There must be more than meets the eye. What good is life if in the end we all must die? There must be more to life than this. You know who it is? The man... Sorry? Mark. No? No? Oh, clue! Yeah, you all know his name. No. The person that wrote this had a good question. Is there more to life than this? Is there more to life than just satisfying ourselves? There's got to be more to life than us going around treating the people the way we treat. You know, our world is seeking the answer for more than the answer to there has to be more to life than this. You know who wrote that? Huh? No. Michael Jackson think think of the think of that though Michael Jackson had everything supposedly that this world offered money fame listen listen you can go on the internet and you can actually find worship videos worshipping Michael Jackson I, I stupidly watched 40 minutes of a church service while they, in a church, praying the, the, the Lord's Prayer, doing the churchy stuff, and were actually worshiping Michael Jackson in, the, in that church service. Michael Jackson, as far as, I, as far as I would know, unless before he died, he got right with God opposed to his Jehovah Witness religion, and opposed to everything else that was probably influencing his life. I don't know that he did. I'd imagine he didn't. But he, he proposes the question, there's got to be more to life than this. Written from a, by a man who almost everybody in this world would want what he had, and yet it never satisfied his longing. Do you follow my thought here? Do you understand what I'm saying? The world's philosophy to is there more to life than this is all, all for the now. You ask the question, is there more? Then the answer must be yes. Because therefore you're not satisfied with what you have. So you're answering your question for yourself. So the answer to what you're asking is, you need to change your life. So the world's philosophy is selfish ambition, basically. Satisfy your needs. If your needs are satisfied, then you'll probably go and satisfy other people's needs, but you can't live on satisfying other people, so satisfy yourself, get more life. If you ask the question, is there more to life? The world says, what you're saying to yourself is really you need to change your life. So go out and change your life. So this person, it's a real life story. You wouldn't know who they are. I don't know who they are, but I've read their life story as far as concerning this. And they ask themselves, is there more to life? And they realized, since they're asking the question, they need to change their life, because if they change their life, they'd be happy. So they say this, it took months of the persistence Persistent presence of the question until I decided to try and answer it. Slowly, I started remembering the things I loved most, pursuits that had gotten lost in between school and jobs and growing up. I faced the truth that there were still important dreams. I'd left behind. I defrosted my riding muscles and I got my creative life back. I stepped up the adventure quotient in my life. And a year into the process, I leapt and changed careers. I started doing the work that I really wanted to do. And so the answer by people living in our world today is to live for what energizes you, what makes you happy, to what gives you purpose, to please your own self-desires. But my question then becomes... How long before that satisfaction of the new job and the new change and the new things that you brought into your life, how long before you begin to ask yourself the question once again, now is this all there is to life? Because let's face it, the the pursuit of self-enjoyment ends in emptiness it always does because it never brings true satisfaction it never brings true peace of heart and mind what the world doesn't understand is we were created a spiritual being and the only thing that is ever going to satisfy the question is there more to life than this is to answer it with a spiritual answer the thing is you can go on and on in research and talking to people about, you know, is there more to this life than what we're living? You're never going to get an answer that is really going to satisfy the question unless you seek the answer spiritually. You see, the answer to our question really becomes this if you separate it from a spiritual answer. All there is to life is to live for what you think is best. That has no hope. I have a cousin that's in eternity today because a year and a half ago he killed himself because he could not answer the question where is my hope? What does this life have to offer? What will truly satisfy me? So he, he, he thought the only answer he had been was to take his own life. A very wise philosopher once said, and I'll read what they wrote, everything is meaningless, completely, utterly meaningless. What do people get for all their hard work and effort in life? Generations and genera- come and generations go, but the earth and the life that is here never changes. The sun rises, the sun sets. Then it hurries up to rise again and to set again. Around and around it goes. Rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the waters return again to the rivers and they flow out again to the sea. (laughs) Life's just empty. Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are never content. History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing is truly new. Sometimes people say, well, here's something new. Something that will really, truly satisfy. But actually, it is old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past and, and, and in future generations. No one will remember what we are doing now. This is quite depressing, isn't it? I... I've learned by experience, I've learned, I, learning by experience, I devoted myself to search for truth and understanding and wisdom. I explored it with every part of my life and being, and I soon discovered a tragic existence to the human race. I observed everything, and really, it is all meaningless, like chasing the wind. What is wrong cannot be made right. What is missing cannot be recovered. So I set out to learn everything that I could. But I learned firsthand that pursuing all this is simply chasing the wind. The greater my wisdom, the greater my grief became. To increase knowledge only increases sorrow. This wise philosopher realized They sought out to understand the meaning of life and the worldly things and how the philosophy is. And they figured out it's simply all empty. Now, do you have any clue who wrote that? Yeah. Now, I've read it in a very modern translation so that I could trick you a little bit. But it makes sense, doesn't it? Listen, to to answer the question, is there more to this life? cannot be answered outside of a spiritual answer, which is ultimately God in Christ. True? There's no answer to this. I know what you're thinking. I was hoping we'd have some lost visitors here today so I could do this, but I'll do it with you. I know what you're thinking. Go on. You're a minister. You're a preacher. This here is a church. This is a religious service. Hit us with Jesus, God, is the only answer. Well, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Is there more to this life? The answer is certainly yes. For those that are Christian this today that you hear, I'm telling you, there is more to them than what we're living. See, See, I believe most, even Christians, do not live to the potential that we've been called to live because we're not living for the thing we've been asked to live for. Here's the reality of it. With God, there is no answer to... Or without God, there is no answer to the question. It actually becomes relative. The answer to the question is relative. It will then only relate to what you or I or someone else thinks or desires or believes or their opinion. Without God, this life is all there is and it has nothing really to offer and it is proven over and over by by we who live here. And in the end, when you realize that there was more to this life, it will be too late. That is why we preach the Gospel. So that people can be warned and can believe before it is too late. We have the answer. And here's where I want you to turn as a church will look to Matthew 6. The answer to the question has already been answered by the Lord Himself. Is there more to this life? Christian, is there more to the life that we're living? Yeah, probably so in many cases. Certainly to those who do not know Jesus, we know the answer is yes. There's more to what you have. It's Jesus. But you know what? To the Christian, there's more in many cases to how you are living and to what you have in life. And the answer still is Jesus Christ. Let's look at Matthew 6, verse 24. No man can serve two masters. Now you're probably going to think, I know this text. It's the don't worry, be happy text. No, it's the don't worry, trust Jesus text. But there is a verse here that fundamentally answers the question for you and I. Man, is there more to me just getting up and living and going back to bed again? Is there more for me than just to to get up and love this and do that and, and just live this life? What? is really my purpose in life. What, what purpose will change everything that's found in this text? No, no one can serve two masters. You will either hate the one or love the other, or else you will hold to the one or despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what, what you shall eat or what you will drink, nor yet for your body what you will put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, they don't sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into the barns. But yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? Can your worry make you grow? No. And So why take thought uh, for your raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, they don't spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith! Therefore take no thought, saying what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear, what you will be clothed with. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the day, the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. The question we began with today, is there more to this life than what we have here? And the answer is yes. There is more to this life, and it is found. And verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Father, just in these few minutes, please help us today. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Listen, what is the answer? The answer is right there. Seek first the kingdom of God. Don't spend your life in worrying about the things that, that, that don't really mean or matter the most in this world. You worry about what you wear. You worry about having clothes. You worry about the money to get the clothes or to get the food or to get this or to get that. Jesus said, don't spend your life after those things. Because guess what? When you worry about those things, that's the things that you put your effort and energy into, isn't it? The stuff that you worry about. And so Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God of God. In other words, if we put God's kingdom and God's righteousness first in our lives, He will take care of everything else. What is God's kingdom? Well, there's a bunch of definitions for it. In order to really know what to do with it, we need to know what it is. So by definition, the kingdom of God will be a literal kingdom that will be established on this earth when Christ returns. He's going to reign from Zion. He's going to have a rod of iron. The world is going to come to His feet and all worship and bow to Him. there will be an established physical kingdom on this earth by the rule of Christ. And He will rule and those who love Him and are saved will be part of that kingdom the kingdom of God is also synonymous with the kingdom of heaven. So when you see the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, you're talking about all that God has for the children of God. The kingdom of God is the rule of an eternal sovereign God over all the universe. And if you don't believe that, the Bible tells us so. Psalm 103. The Lord has established His throne in heaven and His kingdom rules over all there is a literal kingdom there's a kingdom that we will be a part of as believers in Christ this kingdom is is the ruling power over all the kingdom of God is an eternal kingdom eternally existent Bible says in Daniel how great are his signs how mighty are his wonders His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and His dominion is from generation to generation. But more specifically, when we speak of the kingdom kingdom of God and when Jesus speaks of seek ye first the kingdom of God, the definition of what it is that we are to seek, what is this kingdom, is all that I've just mentioned before, just now, and summing up with this. The kingdom of God is a spiritual rule over the hearts and lives of those who willingly submit to God's authority. The kingdom of God isn't just, you know, I want to be in heaven and I want to walk on streets of gold. It is heaven and it is rule and it is authority and it is the work that is in our own lives as Christians. That spiritual rule in our hearts. Do you know what the kingdom of God the Bible says is not of this world? Do you know what that means? See, we look at kingdoms and you know, some kingdoms are powerful and strong and some kingdoms are wealthy. You ever look at pictures of the Saudi princes and stuff like that? They've got they've got money to burn, literally. Um, when we were at that preaching conference not too long ago, one of the pastors there said that every year in about May or June, the, the Saudi princes come over and they live right around the corner from our church, so they park their golden laden Lamborghini in front of our church. Uh, he said, I, The pastor was kidding, but he finally said he said, "Sometimes I just want to go up to it with my keys and go, all the way down the gold, gold-laden Lamborghini. I, can you even fathom how much that costs? James, the Lamborghini costs a couple quid without the gold. you imagine how much it would cost painted in layers of gold? They, 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 they have wealth beyond our imagination. But you know what Jesus says when He says that the kingdom of God is not of this world? It means this. It is more than what this life in this world has to offer. The kingdom of God, the rule of God, the submission of people to that kingdom is greater and more fulfilling and more satisfying and more uh, supplying of the yearning of our heart than anything that we could do to spend our lives here on this earth trying to accomplish. It is beyond any thoughts of our imagination, but it is real. And it exists today and yesterday and forever. Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world in John 18. But in Matthew, He says that we are to seek this kingdom. So let me give you a few thoughts in closing. Is there more to this life than what we're living? In many cases, the answer would be yes. And the answer to what we should do about it is what Jesus said in this verse. Seek ye first. More than anything in your life, first most in your life, more importantly in your life, seek the kingdom of God. You know what it means? It means to seek the kingdom of God more than you seek to work and to supply for your own family. Seek the kingdom of God first and foremost with all that you have. Put all your energy into seeking the kingdom of God. Put all your life's resources into seeking the kingdom of God. So the number one first thing about this, man, you need to seek to enter the kingdom. Do you know what? I don't mean to work your way into the kingdom. But Jesus said, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God. You must believe in Christ. You got to trust in His great work of God that purchased, that made atonement for our sin. Apart from His full atonement, there is no salvation, and there is no true service to God, and there is no part of uh, uh, without that you have no part in God's kingdom. Do you know what I think? Life is very simple." but we get it so mixed up and messed up. God first, everything else second. You want satisfaction in life? God first, everything else second. People often think that that Lisa and I in our relationship put each other first. We don't. You know the answer. To have a good marriage, you can't put the other person first. You can't do 50-50. It doesn't work. It's 100% in or you're not in at all. It's 100% in or that's it. You know what? you you got to put God first. The answer to is there more to this life than what you're living is if you don't have God first, if God is not more important than your job, if God is not more important than your family, if God is not more important than your marriage, if God is not more important than your health, if God is not more important than everything, then... Something is upside down in our life and we're not going to understand what Jesus means about seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and then all these things shall be added unto you. Because if God's not first, we're not seeking the kingdom of God. So the first thing I would say to you is you're not satisfied because maybe you're not into the kingdom. And you better seek to be into that kingdom. What does Jesus say about being a part of the kingdom? But as many as received Him, By faith, to them He gave the right to become children of God. Therefore, being part of the kingdom of God for those who believe in His name. Do you know why we're evangelizing in between services? Because we realize that the most important thing in life is to seek God's kingdom. So, number one, seek to enter the kingdom. Number two, seek to enjoy the privileges of the kingdom. Do you know what being a Christian brings to you and I? Great privileges of that kingdom. Don't you think? Listen, I think William and Harry have some privileges, don't they? Being princes? princes, Yeah, princes. I think they have some privileges. You know, there's probably a few things that they get to do that we don't get to do. Amen? Simply because they're part of the royal family. Well, I have a king that will never die. I have a king that's lived eternally and will continue to live eternally. And that king wants to bring me into his kingdom so that I can live eternally with him. You know what? I've got great privileges now that I'm a part of that kingdom. You know, I know what some of those privileges are? Unfortunately, we as believers sometimes don't enjoy the fact that we have these, but our sins are forgiven. I spoke this morning, there is no condemnation in those who are in Christ. We have the ability for our life to conform to the life of Christ. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We have the ability to where we go from unloving to loving. True love. Not just human, selfish love. You know, in seeking the benefits of this kingdom, listen, you can spend your entire life and become the most powerful person in the world, but you'll never, apart from Jesus, enjoy the benefits of forgiven sins if you're not saved. Or your life conforming to Jesus. The benefit of being in the kingdom of God is we are a new creation. He takes a peasant and makes him of noble stature. Do you understand that? When we are born into the kingdom of God, we, we were a peasant. We were the lowest of lows. The, 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 we were dead in our sin. But in the new birth of Christ, we, we become royalty ourselves, don't we? Listen, we need to enjoy, to seek, the, to enjoy the privileges of our kingdom, a prayer life. A life that your prayers can be answered by a God that you know that hears everything in your heart. And a God that seeks to to supply your needs. You think your Father's good, but your Heavenly Father is so much better. The blessings and privileges that we have as a child of God, we need to seek to enjoy those privileges of that kingdom. Eternal life. You know, we think about eternal life. Guess when eternal life begins? It begins when you're saved. We don't have to wait to enjoy eternal life with the Lord when we get to heaven. We can enjoy eternal life with the Lord now. Pastor, how can we enjoy eternal life with Him now? Because we can walk with Him now and talk with Him now and live with Him now. Amen? Privileges of the kingdom. Those who are outside the kingdom do not have those privileges of a relationship with Christ. You want to know another privilege of the kingdom? You find it in John 13, verse 35. And the, one of the privileges of this kingdom is that we have a relationship with the people of God. I was talking to a young lady this morning and just chatting with her a little bit and she's saying how you know she's glad to be in church and, Glad to be back at Chiswick and all. And, and we were getting, talking. She said, Pastor, pray for me because it's hard. You know, it's hard to, to get back in. And I don't know why I said it, but I said, You know what? You're single. And there are some single people in our church that really love the Lord. And that they would be good for you to be around. So, you single people, I've got, she gave me her number today, and I'm going to send it to you guys so that you can contact her and touch base with her. Do you know what? This is a privilege of the kingdom. I spent a lot of my life living in the world and being around lost people. I love being around Christian people. Don't you? You know, they strengthen me. They encourage me when they're living for God. They help my faith. The Bible talks about iron sharpening iron. Now, this is a privilege. and I believe a lot of Christians... They don't seek that privilege of the kingdom about being around God's people. Oh, there's the privilege of walking with a living God, being indwelt by the Holy Spirit. You know, when we seek these privileges, you know what the Bible says? When we, when we seek the work of God in our life and we yield our life and we stay away from sin and we confess it and all of that stuff, you know what the Bible says? that the fruit of that as we seek the Spirit of God is love, joy, peace, and on and on and on. These are privileges, folks. Is there more to life than what we're living? Yes. The answer is to seek the kingdom of God if you're not in it, to enter it. The answer is to seek to enjoy the privileges of the kingdom of God. Hey, you want purpose? This is what the world lacks, purpose. We don't have a reason to get up and get out of bed and and other than to go to work, make money, and go back to sleep so we can get up and go to work and make money again. You want to know what really satisfies the longing of is there more to this life? It's to have purpose. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God. And not only should we seek to enter it, not only should we seek to enjoy the privileges, but we need to seek to extend the kingdom of God. Man, what would happen to a church where the body of Christ became so burdened and purposeful into seeking to extend the kingdom of God. I got a little choked up as everybody was leaving this afternoon, and I'm watching people go in different places outside to go get the gospel out. Do you know what? That is the purpose of our church. Amen. That should be the purpose in life of us as a believer. What we used to be is what is outside now, lost unsaved, without hope, without God, without Christ. Now that we're saved, everything changes. We should seek to extend the kingdom of God. You know what Jesus said? That we are kingdom extenders. How do we do it? Our very being is to be an extension of the kingdom and to extend the kingdom. Our very very core is that. The Bible says in Matthew 5, you are the salt of the earth. Do you understand that? But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned again? It's good for nothing and to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men. Why? that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven our very core is to be a kingdom extender that's what we're to live for why because we are salt and light that covers both ends of the kingdom extension salt that's relational that you touch people's lives that you talk to a coworker you talk to a neighbor you take a meal to them, you rake their rocks, you you touch their lives, but light, that shines bright, that's testimony, that's them seeing you live for Christ no matter what, that's them seeing you love when you don't really want to love, because let's face it, do you always want to love people? I don't. But I know that I'm supposed to. So sometimes I have to love even when I'm not feeling so loving. We're to extend the kingdom of God. Lastly, and then we'll finish with this. What is the answer to is there more to this life than what I'm living? The answer is yes. And it really summed up about seeking God's kingdom. Seek to enter seek to enjoy seek to extend and seek the character of the one who is the ruler and king over that kingdom remember in matthew 6 it says seek ye first first thing you do most important thing in your life seek the kingdom of god but also and his righteousness that word righteousness isn't the judicial righteousness that is the holy righteousness. That is the character righteousness. That is the conforming to, his, to who He is. We are to seek the character and the life that belongs to a person who is of the kingdom. You know what the Lord says? God says, if you seek My kingdom, you will be satisfied. Do you think? What's it say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things. The raiment. The food. The stuff that you were seeking before. The things that people give everything in their life for. The things that people compromise in horrible ways to to have food and raiment and clothing and housing and money and all of that stuff. God says, if you seek Me and My kingdom... And my character first, I will supply your needs. And when a human being's needs are supplied, what are they? They're satisfied. Sufficient inside. I just urge you to live for the most important thing. And that is God's kingdom. Let's pray.